0: disney blues disney on demand is on the air now here's your host jonathan johnson all right all DD heads you tuned into
1: another magical installment of disney blues disney on demand and this week for show number 32 we have all kinds of fun because valentine's day is here there's love in the air and i'm feeling like a little boy a little bit giddy inside so how about having some faith Trust and Pixie Dust, and let's head on out to Neverland, because this week we have Blaine Weaver stopping in here at the show. That's right, actor, writer, director, and the iconic voice of Peter Pan is going to be stopping in and talking about what it's like carrying on this legacy of the one and only Peter Pan, Neverland, and all the fun things within the Disney character that we've all grown up with but he's never grown up himself. He's also going to talk about all of his acting, writing, and directing, including his newest films, On the Horizon. And Blaine's going to stop in and chat with all of you D-heads. In addition, we also have the D-team back. Yes, we have Jamie, Jason, and Lexi stopping in once again with their signature segments. Lexi's going to stop in with a little bit down that Hollywood Walk of Fame as she gives you a little bit of a backstory into the life and times of our special guest here this week, Blaine Weaver. We also have Jason tackling the vault as he's going uncover another Blu-ray and DVD review for you that you can add to your Disney collection, discover once again, or discover for the first time. And we have Jamie back with the Artist Corner. Jamie's going to continue going down that path of Walt's nine old men as he helps you uncover the history within the animation, the artists, and the people that bring all of these beautiful memories to your table. We also have tons of news hot off the D-Wire this week and all kinds of fun including looking for new D-Team members to come here on the show. So as love is in the air, it's February 14th, 2013, show number 32. Let's kick it off by heading out to Neverland. Be right back, all of you D-heads.
2: The story always ends the same. Peter Pan shouts, Goodbye, Wendy! And then, Wendy shouts back to him. I'll always believe in you, Peter Pan. And Wendy did believe always, even as she left childhood behind and came to have children of her own. There it is, Jane. Second star to the right and straight on to morning. Neverland!
3: (laughs) The second star to the right shines in the night for you To tell you that the dream's you really can come true the second star to the right shines with a light that's red and if it's neverland you need its light will lead you there Twinkle.
2: brother are going away for a while away where all the children are being evacuated to the country it's so dangerous here but you'll be safe there both of you i'm not going i'm staying here but dear an order has been issued every child must go daddy said that i'm supposed i know dear but you could take care of danny tell him peter pan stories he needs them jane And so do you. Please, dear, promise me. No! I will not promise! Oh, Jane, Mm -hmm. we'll be together again. Mm. You must have faith. Faith! Trust Pixie Dust! Mother, those are just words from your stories. They don't mean anything! Yes, they do. Peter Pan says they'll make you fly. Daniel, story time is over! Look, it's a boar. Peter Pan isn't real and people don't fly. They do too. Oh come on, Daniel, grow up, Jane. Just a lot of childish nonsense. You're late, Jane.
4: How could <laughs> you? <laughs> bombing doob, 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 up up qui to be it up 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 to be it up up to be it up it up up to be it up up Jabber, 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 jabber,
6: Everybody out there, it's me, Tigger, a.k.a. Jim Cummings, but don't tell anybody. And you
7: are listening to Disney on Demand. All right, all of you
1: D heads, I hope you enjoy the kickoff for show number 32 for February 14th, 2013. We have a lot of fun things on the horizon, and we are just getting our feet wet with a little bit of faith, trust, and pixie dust as we have Blaine Weaver, actor, writer, director. and voice of Peter Pan, stopping in here very shortly here at the show to talk with all of you D-heads and share his experiences about being part of the Disney legacy and this iconic Disney character. And as always, we have the D-Team, all kinds of news and all kinds of fun. So before I jump into all of that, I do want to mention, as always, that you can find our full list of social media outlets, our full list of downloadable past archive shows, and more on our official website at dizradio.com. That's D-I-Z radio, Dot com. There you can find everything from Facebook, Twitter, and more, including our full list of past archives, our famous Flash player, our lifetime of Disney player, and many other ways to stay connected with us here at the show. You can also subscribe to our show in iTunes. Just search Disney On Demand. And you can download our 100% free iPhone app. Just search Diz Radio. D-I-Z Radio. All one word. So all of you D-heads out there, we have all kinds of fun things on the horizon, so I'm going to jump right into it this week. And how about Australia boosting its incentive to lure Disney's 20,000 leagues under the sea to their great land? That's right. Arts Minister Simon Crean has told Disney executives that he hopes to finalize a $12.2 million payment to persuade the studio to shoot David Fincher's 20,000 leagues under the sea, Down Under. Yes, I'm sure our D-team member from Down Under, Lexi, is enjoying this one. In a meeting this week... They have told Disney Exec VP Productions that he aimed to make an offer within two weeks after he secures the support of the Queensland and the NSW governments. Disney has said the film is ready to go into pre-production once the incentive is firm. Now, Crean's spokesman tells many people that the government is looking at a one-off payment that would bring the 16.5% location to 30% as it did to secure the Wolverine to Sydney, Australia. Now, Disney would utilize the Village Roadshow Studios on the Gold Coast and locations in Sydney, Australia as well. Now, location's marketing agency, OzFilm has been lobbying the government to hike the rebate to 30% permanently to offset the strong Oz dollar versus the greenback to be competitive with other destinations. Now, apart from the Wolverine and the Great Gatsby, many are in production, but big-budget Hollywood has been bypassing Australia in the recent years, and hopefully this is a way to bring them back. I, for one, am excited for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And, you know, if this works out for both parties to make this film happen, I am all for it. Now, since we are talking about the numbers game right now within the Disney company, how about Calsters to oppose Disney's pay and CEO's re-election to the board? That's right. Calsters is going to vote its almost 5.3 million shares against Walt Disney Company's executive compensation and the re-election of Robert A. Iger, yes, chairman and CEO to the board, according to a statement Thursday from the pension fund. Now, Calsters continues to be troubled by the company's decision to recombine its board chair and chief executive officer positions and the executive pay structures at Disney. Ann Sheehan, who is the director of the entire project, says, here we go again, sliding back into a governance structure that has already been proved detrimental to the company's long-term growth and to its shareholders' interests. We've been through this fight before in 2004 and 2005, which then resulted in ousting CEO Michael Eisner at the time and a shareholder revolt that led to the separation of the board share and the CEO positions. Now, Calsters owns over 5 million Disney shares, valued at over $263 million, representing 0.3% of the outstanding shares the statement has officially been released. Now, this financial success has translated into strong shareholder returns, and Disney's TSR of 139% over Mr. Iger's tenure dramatically exceeds the S&P 500's return of 36 percent from 2005 through 2012. Now, as they put it, the facts speak for themselves. I'm not sure what this means. I'm not sure what's going to happen. But let's just say it looks like Iger is going to be on the same roll as Michael Eisner happened, and he's going to be gone now let's move on to something that's a little more happier. And how about Toys R Us entering the world of Octonauts? Yes, with a new line of Fisher-Price toys. Now Toys R Us is soon going to introduce an assortment of toys from Fisher-Price based on the underwater world of Octonauts, which will splash into stores nationwide and online at ToysRUs.com beginning in March. Now the world's greatest toy store will be the first retailer in the United States to offer eager aquatic explorers adventures to take exciting undersea voyages. Through the preschool line of action figures, playsets, and vehicles based on the hit show, which airs daily on the Disney Channel and Disney Junior. Now, the increasingly popular series Octonauts was inspired by the beloved children's books of the same name, following the whimsical underwater adventures of the brave Captain Barnacles Bear, swashbuckling Lieutenant Quasi Cat, and their expert medic Peso Penguin. As a group sets out to explore the world's oceans, they rescue the creatures who live there and protect their habitats. Now, this has been a great series for Disney Channel and Disney Junior. Now, the Octonauts franchise has already won a variety of different hearts throughout the United States. I know my children love them as well. And now with Toys R Us and Fisher-Price joining up, We're going to be seeing a lot more of this from the Octonauts figure and creature pack assortments, the deluxe action figure rescue assortment, vehicle assortments, and more. There's a variety of different things, including a variety of play sets. And you're going to be able to get these for your preschooler online and in the stores kicking off in March. Now, continuing on as we're talking about preschoolers and all the young children, which I seem to be surrounded by right now with four kids all six and under, how about Club Penguin and Walt Disney Records' first-ever EP for Disney's number one virtual world? Yes, Club Penguin and Walt Disney Records have just released The Party Starts Now, the first ever EP from the number one virtual world for kids, featuring six tracks, The Party Starts Now, which includes all of Club Penguin's hit singles from throughout the year, as well as a new song and a never-before-released bonus track. Now, the EP is now available wherever music is sold, and it's also available as a digital download as well through iTunes, Google Play, and Amazon. Now, when it was released in fall of 2012, The Party Starts Now single, held the number one spot on the iTunes children's music chart for multiple weeks in a row and also had a video that made its mark with a variety of children on YouTube with over 2 million views. Now, the EP will also include other top Club Penguin songs like Ghosts Just Want to Dance and Acres Away. Now, there's going to be a variety of different tracks that are on here, like I said, and Club Penguin is the number one virtual world for children. Club Penguin works to maintain a fun and safe online environment for many children to experience where parents don't have to worry using technology and also have a lot of live moderators right there on the site. The site is viewed all around the world and it can be played in English, German, Portuguese, French, Spanish, and a variety of different languages. It is fantastic and right now you can get The Party Starts Now, the first ever EP from Walt Disney Records and Club Penguin. Go and check it out. Your children will love it. Now, pushing right along with all the happy, fun news, let's move into weddings. That time is coming around right now, and I know at the office and in the studios, people are talking about getting married and whatnot, and I myself have been married for a long time. But everybody is on the horizon, and everybody loves those Disney weddings. Well, now you can get invitations by Dawn is now carrying the custom Disney wedding invitations. Yes, Invitations by Dawn now carries genuine Disney princess themed wedding invitations for their clients. Now, Invitations by Dawn provides their clients with high quality designer wedding invitations and products. And they're also one of the few wedding invitation printers with an exclusive partnership with Walt Disney Company. Brides and grooms have always wanted a fairy tale wedding through the Walt Disney World Resort or just themed in their own hometown. And now you can have the ceremony that you've always wanted looking like a Disney fairy tale wedding. Yes, Disney fairy tale wedding invitations combine the romance and the magic of the Disney princesses with a modern and stylish design element in order to give brides and grooms truly beautiful and unique invitations. For their big day. Now, as they put it, the launch of the Disney Fairy Tale Weddings collection is something they're very proud of, said the spokesperson four invitations by Dawn. We're honored to have had the opportunity to work with Disney to create 27 stunning designs that embody the spirit of Disney and the beauty of the princesses. They are truly a work of art. Now there's a variety of these that you can find. I mean like I said there's 27 of these and clients can customize their Disney fairy tale wedding invitations with colors, fonts, wording, text and more so you can actually make it exactly the way you want it to be so definitely check it out and you can visit that at invitationsbydawn.com now as we continue along everybody has been talking about disney infinity and they've been releasing a variety of different things lately from adding new cars images and more so we thought we'd ask the d team here at disney on demand a variety of different things and how about the top 10 characters that disney must include in infinity that's right recently disney announced their new video game flagship Disney Infinity. Now, Infinity will be identical in setup to the popular Skylanders game, but basically the system starts with a base platform that plugs you into a gaming system. Little toy figurines reassemble characters from the Disney stables, and they are sold where you can place on your desktop or on the base, and each figure has a computer chip which allows gamers to play that character. The chip also saves the player's game info onto itself. Now, so far, Disney has primarily announced three sets of characters that are going to be part of the game. Pirates of the Caribbean, The Incredibles, Monsters, Inc., and now Cars as well. Well, one of our D-Team members thought, you know, there's a couple of characters that should be in the list themselves. And he came up with a great list so far. And and everybody is already familiar with The Nightmare Before Christmas, Phineas and Ferb and more. But, you know, as Adam has put on, how about Gruffy from The Gummy Bears? How about Kit Cloudkicker, Duck, Gadget, Robin Hood, Prince Charming, Darkwing Duck, and Gosselin? Gruffy Gummy, Louie von Drake, and many others. Now, if you have an idea for any of these characters, definitely check out the full write-up on our official website at disradio.com. And who do you think should be added to this brand new Disney gaming system? Definitely check out the write-up. I think Adam did a fantastic job of coming up with some characters that uh, I definitely think should be in there. Gizmo Duck, he is a must-have. Now, getting back to a variety of different things on the uh, design front and kind of the uh, sensitive side, we talked about wedding invitations, and how about Sue Wong, who's conjuring up an enchanted collection inspired by Disney's Oz the Great and Powerful. Yes, Sue Wong has unveiled a spellbinding collection of evening dresses inspired by the upcoming Disney fantasy film, Oz the Great and Powerful. Now this limited edition collection arrives in stores just in time for the launch of the film that is hitting Spring 2013. And Su Wong's unique vision for elegant fashion and her mantra of beauty magic transformation aligns the well spirit of the fantasy world from the film and delivers sophisticated dresses for the modern women everywhere. Now the collection takes its inspiration from a variety of different themes found within the film. The art deco style, The Emerald City, inspires a stunning rose empire waist column dress with an intricate deco geometric hand beaded detail. That was a mouthful, but looking at the image, makes complete sense. Now they're also going to have the Good Witch and Bad Witch characters that are going to give you white gowns and a variety of other gowns including Femme Fatale with black and playful fantasy landscapes from Oz as well with Chinatown Comes Alive with floral dresses and all kinds of blue and white lace. Now these are great collections. I myself don't wear any dresses but I will run it by my wife and see what she thinks about this but now you can check them all out. We have it officially posted on our website Or you can also find these officially that are going to be available on Saks Fifth Avenue, Bloomingdale's, Macy's, and a variety of other places that you can find at NeimanMarcus.com, Saks.com, Bloomingdale's.com, or Nordstrom. Definitely check it out, and Oz the Great and Powerful. I'm ready for that one. Now, getting back to preschoolers and all the young tykes this week, there seems to be a lot of preschooler news here this week. How about Sophia the First? making its soundtrack debut that has debuted this week, February 12th. That's right, Walt Disney Records has announced that Sophia the First soundtrack is now available for pre-order on Amazon. Now, the soundtrack features 11 songs from the hit Disney Junior animated television series, Sophia the First, which premiered in January this year and became the number one preschool series launch in cable TV history in girls ages 2 to 5 and adults 18 to 49. Now there's also two bonus tracks from the Disney Junior record-breaking animated television movie, Sophia the First, Once Upon a Princess. There's a variety of different tracks on here from the main title theme, Anything, Princess Things, Make Some Noise, Cedric the Great, Royal Fun, Perfect Slumber Party, and more. Now every little girl, every little princess, is really wanting this one. She is the newest princess to hit the Disney market on a regular basis, and you can find this right now in the Amazon store, in your local music store, and more. So definitely check it out, and uh, I'm sure the preschoolers are going to love it. So there's a variety of different things that are on the horizon on there. Now, before I let you go, I'm going to give you one more little bit of news and stop my rambling. The news has been all over the place here this week, all of you D-heads. I mean, everywhere from preschoolers to evening gowns to wedding invitations, it's everywhere. So how about something else? How about Disney might be replacing... Palo Campero with an all-new all-American restaurant at Downtown Disney. Now rumor has it that the Disney chefs may be cooking up a new restaurant concept to replace Palo Campero at Downtown Disney according to many locals in the area. Now according to the report, the rumor states that the Disney chefs are getting ready to have something new with a Port Orleans restaurant testing out new recipes for a Disney-owned Tex-Mex restaurant that is planned to open in downtown Disney near T-Rex. Now, as we all know, the only available spot there near T-Rex is Palo Compero. Now, I myself... I, I'm not sad if it goes. I don't think it's that great of a place to begin with, but Palo Campero, which opened in 2010, houses the Bodie's All-American restaurant. Prior to its opening, it was a McDonald's as well. Now, there's a variety of different things that you know are on the horizon here, and Disney is really struggling to make Downtown Disney viable again, with Pleasure Island closing down and basically just serving as a bridge to walk from side to side. Now, the idea of Disney trying to have brand new Tex-Mex concept is pretty exciting, it should be fun. There's gonna be a lot of great recipes there and more, so let's see what they can invent. So all of you D-heads, we have a lot of other things on the horizon I've been rambling on for quite some time, and we still have some more D-news off of the wire. So I'm gonna stop my rambling, leave you off to the D-team, and coming up we have Jamie, yes, with the Artist Corner, as he's gonna delve deeper into Walt's original Nine Old Men and more, as he talks about the animation, the history, and the people that made these films we love and he's gonna be stopping in here very shortly, as well as Blaine Weaver. Yes, the voice of Peter Pan is gonna be stopping in, very soon as well. We're waiting for him to fire up the lines here, and uh, we are pretty excited for that one as well. So before I let you go and give you a break from my ramblings, you can always remember that DizRadio.com and Disney On Demand is sponsored by Pixie Vacations. Now, the agents at Pixie Vacations specialize in all Disney destinations, whether you want to go to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, California Adventure, or a Disney Cruise. Pixie Vacations is an authorized Disney vacation planner with the most knowledgeable and experienced agents who are going to help you plan the best Disney vacation ever now you can contact them directly at 678-815-1584 or you can visit them at pixie so all of you d heads it's time for a little break jamie's waiting in the wings so let's just uh enjoy some tunes some magic some more and uh you haven't heard the last of me
8: toward the second star to the right and straight on till morning there's a land you've always believed in a boy who's never grown up and an all new adventure waiting to begin Walt Disney Pictures presents Peter Pan in Return to Neverland Hello, Wendy. Hurry, me! No,
6: I'm not Wendy! I'm her daughter, Jane!
4: Come on now, don't
6: fuss! Cast off, you mangy dogs!
5: I've got a little surprise for you, Peter Pan.
9: For me? Did you miss me, Captain? Come here and fight like a man! You should have seen Hook's face when I...
2: Tinkerbell? I guess it. I'm dreaming.
9: You're not real. If you're Wendy's daughter, you're gonna love it here.
8: Walt Disney Pictures presents an all-new adventure starring Peter Pan.
5: Game's over, Hook.
4: Say your prayers, Peter Pan.
8: In a story about faith.
3: How will I ever get back home?
6: Trust. The only way out of here is to fly.
3: I can't fly.
8: And pixie dust.
3: Achoo!
10: I've got to try.
4: Ah! I'll always believe in you, Peter Pan.
8: Peter Pan in Return to Neverland.
11: Okay, Kink, let her have it.
0: Disney Blues, Disney On Demand.
4: What is a baby? I just can't understand. It must be something wonderful. It must be something grand. Cause everybody's smiling.
0: Adventure? Gorge, that was me.
1: <laughs> well, then, adventure it is. we <laughs> again. So hoist the anchor, raise the sails, fall in line, you swabs. It's time to set sail for adventure. An adventure that begins with.
0: You are now invited to enjoy the world premiere of World of. Color.
10: Color. Color.
0: disney presents
11: hey d heads who were disney's nine old men i continue to run down the careers of the influential animators and in this installment of the artist corner honors frank thomas Animator Frank Thomas instilled vivid personality into his Disney animated characters. Some of his most memorable as well as touching moments on screen were animated by Frank, including the dwarves crying at Snow White's prayer, Bambi and Thumper learning how to ice skate, and the charming spaghetti-eating sequence in Lady and the Tramp. Now to Frank, personality was always the key to successful animation. As he once said, until a character becomes a personality, it cannot be believed. Without personality, the character may do funny or interesting things, but unless people are able to identify themselves with the character, its actions will seem unreal, at least to them. Born in September 1912, Frank was raised in Fresno, California, where his father was president of Fresno State College. By the age of nine, Frank already knew what he wanted to do in life. He once recalled asking his father how he could make money just drawing pictures. By the time he was a sophomore at Fresno State, his interest in art expanded into motion pictures. As a class project, Frank wrote and directed a movie that spoofed college life, which played in local theaters. After finishing his education at Stanford University, Frank went on to study at the Cornard Art Institute in Los Angeles. While living in a rooming house in Hollywood, he met another young Stanford graduate, who worked as an artist at the Walt Disney Studios the artist told Frank about a job opening on September 24, 1934, he joined Disney as an employee number 224, assigned to work on the short Mickey's Elephant. Over the years, Frank worked on nearly 20 animated features including Pinocchio, Peter Pan, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, The Jungle Book, and 101 Dalmatians, as well as numerous shorts. He also accompanied Walt Disney and a select group of artists on a good world tour through South America in 1941 on behalf of the American government, In his spare time, Frank played piano with the internationally famous Firehouse 5 Plus 2 Jazz Band, along with fellow Disney artist, including Ward Kimball. After nearly 45 years with the studio, Frank retired in 1978. He went on to co-author four books with lifelong friend and fellow animator Ollie Johnston, including the definitive Disney animation The Illusion of Life, Too Funny for Words, Walt Disney's Bambi, The Story and the Film, and The Disney Villain. He and Ollie were also the subjects of the 1995 documentary, Frank and Ollie, which chronicles their unique friendship which began at Stanford and creative relationship at Disney. Now, continuing our Artist Spotlight this week, the spotlight will go to Frank Thomas. Here, Frank talks about his history with the Walt Disney Studios.
12: I never thought of going into the animation business because animation was not considered a profession. You know, it was something that newspaper cartoonists uh, did somehow, and nobody was very interested in it, and there weren't any studios to go to. Then in the spring of 1934, I saw this new movie from the Disney Studios called The Flying Mouse. And it was a whole new dimension to me because it had the feelings, the emotions of the characters, and uh, more pathos in the story. And uh, it really grabbed you. Well, I thought, gee, this flying mouse, if they're going to go that direction, there might be something there that would interest me. The idea of bringing a character to life really began to fascinate me. So I took the tryout at Disney's and got hired, and uh, paycheck, $17 a week. But, you know, this was depression, 34. Uh, There weren't many jobs around. As a matter of fact, the only jobs uh, that I heard of were with Disney's or the WPA. There were four animators that stood out above all the rest of them. At the time we came, there was Arm Ferguson, who we called Fergie. There was Ham Lusk, and there was Freddie Moore and Bill Teitlef. Fergie had a way of drawing things so that you saw the outside of what the character was doing, the staging, the action. Ham drew a way that revealed what the character was thinking about, what he was feeling. Well, I'm Mickey Mouse, you know? Mickey Mouse? I hope you've heard of me. I hope.
5: I'm uh, Mickey Mouse. You've heard of me
12: I hope when I started at the studio uh, i'd hear people talking about the importance of pathos in uh, comedy and talking about chaplain. You always had this pathos in there and uh, I'd say, pathos, what do they mean by that? That pathos is something that makes you feel a downer, it makes you cry maybe even you feel so strongly about it. I could never see that that was part of comedy. To me, comedy was ha-ha-ha-ha-ha, wham-bang, you know, all this this slapstick stuff. But gradually, uh, I don't know who (laughs) who affected me, whether it was Ollie or whether it was Walt or the other fellows, other animators at the studio, but gradually this grew on me. We had some special problems with Bambi. We'd had problems all the way through, to figure out a way to make deer interesting enough that they could sustain a whole feature. After Bambi's birth at the start of the thing, Bambi's mother took him around to introduce him to all the people in the neighborhood. Dull, dull, dull. No matter what you did, you couldn't put any life into the thing. Well, one day when we were trying to get voices for all the little bunnies, this one voice stood out. Did the young prince fall down? And the animator said, "There's our voice." And the casting director said, "Get that kid out of here. He can't act." But we brought him back, and he could act. Had this wonderful voice. So he was the one who took Bambi around. And all of a sudden, it was a whole different picture. It was a picture about kids in the neighborhood. This was. Is Frank
8: Thomas, one of our key animators. He's making the drawings that will animate part of the dialogue scene we have just heard recorded. He's not just making faces in the mirror for fun. He's mouthing the words as he hears them. Then he sketches the position of his mouth so that the character he's
12: drawing will appear to be saying the words.
8: And the same thing with Frank in the music. He told me about Frank as... The man who plays the piano in the Firehouse 5 Plus 2. By day, they're artists, but at night, they become the most famous new band in the country. Firehouse 5 Plus 2. Oh. I've danced to their music at night, and now I'm curious. Can the magic mirror show them at their daytime job? Sure, but Edgar, i like to say this about the boys. They never let their music interfere with their work. You watch.
0: Mirror, mirror on the wall.
8: Show the hardest workers here of all. Yes,
12: Eventually, uh, Disney had a favorite phalanx of animators that he called the Nine Old Men. Each of them had certain strengths. And complemented the other. Some of them were wonderful draftsmen. Some were good with zany sequences and characters. Uh, Others were female character specialists. Frank and Ollie, of course, were the best with sincere emotional animation. And what Walt saw
8: was that Frank and Ollie were able to suspend disbelief picture after picture and go into whatever the character was and say, No, 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 you don't understand. It's a child. It's a father, a mother, a son, a daughter.
11: And in this week's Disney's Art News, the Wonderground Gallery at the Downtown Disney District at the Disneyland Resort are pleased to announce Sean D and Kanye will be back for one-day special signing event on February the 9th, 2012, from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. at the Wonderground Gallery in the Downtown Disney District at the Disneyland Resort. Showcasing his unique style and creative pursuit, Sean's newest pop art fusion kimono mini, inspired by both the Japanese culture and Disney. This piece will be available at the WonderGround Gallery in a variety of formats, including deluxe print, frame deluxe print, limited edition Giggly, and more. And continuing his scheduled appearances is the art of Larry Dotson at the Art of Disney, downtown Disney Marketplace. Walt Disney World Resort is pleased to present the artwork for internationally recognized artist Larry Dotson. Larry's oils of Disney scenes capture the magical memories of trips to Disney parks. Larry's scheduled appearances include February 13th through the 18th, March sixth through the eleventh, and again March twenty seventh through the thirtieth, and April eighteenth through the twenty second, all at the Art of Disney downtown Disney Marketplace. I would like to thank all the D heads out there for listening to this week's episode of the Artist Corner, and in next week's episode we'll continue our look on the Disney's Nine Old Men. For Jamie from the Artist Corner, we'll see you real soon.
2: Piece of pie! There you are. <laughs> I've been looking all over for... it. I, oh, yeah. No, 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 you... Oh. I'm awful sorry for wrecking your book. Me and the Lost Boys, we want to do something to make it up to you. We want you to feel like... Well, like you're one of us. We'll do anything for you. <laughs> Honest. Anything? Anything at all. You just name it. Well, um... Uh, why don't we play a game? Like, maybe... Treasure hunt. Treasure hunt? That's a great idea. But you'll have to think like a lost boy. Uh, And have fun like a lost boy. (laughs) Tell me what to do. Well, to be one of us, yes, there are some things to know. What's that? We like to dream all day And then at night we play We sing, we sing our limbs, limbs of trees Till we wake up dummy. The These are the things we all boys do We sing from rope to rope We have no use That rock I'll get the triple skip Dare you to explore that cave I'll have an overnight trip And if you're feeling scared I'll have my friends right there These are the things you Lost Boy oh, treasures, I now proclaim you, Jane, a lost boy. Uh, I mean, a lost girl. <laughs> Me? Sorry, sir. lost girl? What's the matter? Don't you want to be? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. I like that very much, Peter. Let's hear for Jane! Now that you're one of Peter. These are the things that lost boys. These are the things that lost girls. These are the things we love. Ha!
5: Oh boy! You're listening to Disney on demand! <laughs> Miska! Muska! Mickey Mouse! Ha <laughs> ha!
0: It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson.
1: All right, all of you D-heads, I'm back once again, and I hope you enjoyed... So far, the show that we have going on is we're getting some faith, trust, and pixie dust. And we have Blaine Weaver stopping in very shortly here at the show. And thank you once again to our D-Team members for stopping in, having some fun, and uh, exploring Walt's original Nine Old Men. Thank you once again, Jamie, and keep up all the great artwork. And you guys can find a variety of his drawings and illustrations as we post them throughout the week. Definitely check it out. Check them out in the D-Team fantastic artist thank you once again jamie for stopping in so we have a lot more news on the horizon but i do want to mention once again do get our free iphone app just search Diz radio or also subscribe in itunes disney on demand and leave us some feedback it definitely would be appreciated show your support for the show we're never asking you for anything just some positive feedback so definitely find us in itunes disney on demand and more and spread the word of our new kind of disney show so all of you D-Heads, I'm refreshed. I'm ready to kick into some more news hot off the D-Wire. And how about a symphony to play magical music of Disney? Yes, if you are in Texas, the magic of Disney is coming to Marshall this Sunday. Now, the Marshall Symphony Orchestra is performing the magical music of Disney at 3 p.m. at the Baker Auditorium in Texas. Now, this is part of the East Texas Baptist University Now, the conductor, Leonard, has said it's a great concert for grandchildren to bring their grandparents to. Now, the show is being performed to draw in a younger crowd to a symphony kind of sound, a live concert experience, something that's a big orchestra once again. And an afternoon performance was selected so people could attend the concert without having to rush home, get children to bed, and really sit and enjoy it. Now the one hour performance is going to feature a 65 piece orchestra performing melodies from Disney's classic movies including The Lion King, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, The Rescuers Down Under and more. And the best part is video is going to accompany the music and there will be narration in between the songs. Now they believe that this is important for them to perform because everybody resonates and loves Disney. We love the Disney music, we love the memories, we love the magic, that all of us have grown to love over the years. And now, this is something that everybody needs to experience now. Live music, a symphony, the music behind the magic. And this is something that is getting lost in today's culture. And, you know, it's something that is a great step forward. And I am glad to see that they are doing this just to try to get the younger people interested in appreciating this live music. Now, the Marshall Symphony's audience is continuously growing and bringing in a younger crowd as they keep changing their performances to focus on this. As they put, we really need to get them involved. Now, this performance is taking place at the East Texas Baptist University in Texas as part of the Baker Auditorium, kicking off at 3 p.m., the magical music of Disney. Now, continuing on with the news, how about getting into a little bit of Star Wars? Now, it is inevitable. Now that Star Wars is part of the Disney company, everybody, you know, hey, we can add it into the Disney news. But instead of talking about the movies, the sequels, the spin-offs, and all the same things you always hear, let's get back to the preschoolers and the children once again. And how about Star Wars and Striderite offering the Trilogy of Light Collection that offers unique light-up technology? Yes, kid's shoes. Something completely threw you off guard, didn't it, D-Heads? Striderite, the leader in premium children's footwear today, announced the introduction of its Star Wars Striderite line, trilogy of lights, an epic collection of sneakers with unique light-up technology only available through the innovation of Striderite. Now, they have a variety of different ones here that I know my kids are going to love, especially my two boys. They have the Morphing Lightsaber. Now, this features a push-to-change light-up-to-color technology where you can push it to choose either the light side or the dark side. Yes, you can press it, stomp your feet, move around and it's green or press it again and it turns red. They also have Jedi to Sith. Now this has Shadow Lights technology which represents the ultimate battle between both sides of the Force through the transformation of Anakin Skywalker to Darth Vader. Now, The shoe features a first-of-its-kind light and dark sensor technology that flashes blue in the brightness of the day and glows red in the shadows of the darkness. Now they also have clone Captain Rex 2.0 when you step the shoe closure looking like a clone trooper flickers light blue light to reveal clone captain rex's silhouette now there's a variety of different ones that they have here i know many little boys out there are gonna love this want it and more and this is all new star wars shoes by stride right we have a video posted on our website at disradio.com. and you know as they put it star wars younglings are sure to love these all new shoes and bring exciting characters to star wars to life through stride right sounds like a sales pitch but you know what I think it's pretty cool. This light-up technology is better than just a kid stomping and seeing some lights flicker. I mean, they are awesome. Check it out on our website. We have an official uh, video there that you can check out. I mean, they are really slick. They're pretty cool shoes. Now, as I continue on, how about Uvu sending a Miami, Florida native and their guest to Disney's Oz world premiere from the Oz Great and Powerful Premier Sweepstakes. Now preparing this week on the red carpet was Oz the Great and Powerful. As everybody is getting ready for Oz, I already talked about you know, a new clothing line and, and there's been new Google Chrome experiences and more. But now Uvu, the largest independent social video chat, 66 million registered subscribers, the chance to win the Oz the Great and Powerful Premier Sweepstakes. Now launched on February 5th, they had the Sweepstakes... That gave fans a chance to win a trip for two, including airfare and hotel accommodations, to Hollywood's world premiere by submitting an entry form on Uvu's Facebook page. Now, a winner was selected at random on Friday, February 8th. Now, as part of the sweepstakes promotion, Uvu showcased Disney's Oz The Great and Powerful film trailer, and they recently launched a video that features Uvu video chat users the ability to watch YouTube videos simultaneously with their friends. Now, the film trailer was also showcased on Uvu social video ads where users can watch the ads and share them with friends. Now, they sent this person off. They're latent for a full detail. And, hey, you know what? It goes to show you, if you enter sweepstakes, you could win. Now, pushing into a little bit of housekeeping, all of you D-heads, we have a new segment on the horizon. You've heard me say it week in, wake out. It is coming. I want to know. You know, we we are working on it here. I was gonna cover the segment myself, but I'm trying to find some D team members. You know, so we're putting a call out to all of you. If you want to join Lexi, Tony, Jamie, Jason, and all the D team, including our bloggers and more, you want to join us here at Disney On Demand. Shoot us an email. You don't have to have any broadcast, you know, specialties or have any knowledge in this. Just a love of Disney and wanting to be part of a team. And we're looking for somebody to helm that segment. I want to know, as well as three other segments. In the Horizon, if you want to come here at the show. And we're also still looking for bloggers and posters and many other people to get involved with our street team. So if you want to get involved, you want to join up here at Disney On Demand, definitely shoot us an email. DizRadio, D-I-Z Radio, at gmail.com. You can also email us directly through our website at DizRadio.com. So all of you D-Heads, I've been rambling on for quite some time here. And in the wings, yes, We have Blaine Weaver here, actor, writer, director, full of suspense, horror, love stories, and never growing up as the voice of Peter Pan. He's going to be stopping in very soon, so before I let you go, we're going to have Lexi and Jason. We'll be stopping in later with the vault, but Lexi is up next, as our D-team member from Down Under is going to give you a little bit of a history, a little bit of a look back, and a little bit more about our special guest, Blaine Weaver. Be right back, all of you D-heads, and when I come back, I'm gonna feel like a little boy again as we head off to Neverland with Blaine Weaver.
8: This man is one of the most unusual actors in the history of the theater. Watch him closely. Quiet, sport. I play the lead role in one of the most fascinating shows at Disneyland, the General Electric Carousel of Progress, a four-act play which tells the story of progress through electricity since the turn of the century. And who knows more about progress than General Electric? Sport and I and 30 other performers show you how electric servants have taken over the work in the home. And we'll show you fabulous Progress City where we live. Of course, a lot of people think us actors are pretty fabulous, too, because now that you're this close, you can see that we're not even real. See General Electric's Carousel of Progress at Disneyland, right in the middle of Tomorrowland, just where you'd expect to find General
5: Electric.
6: Never smile at a crocodile. No, you can't get friendly with a crocodile. Don't be taken. His welcome grin. He's imagining how well you'd fit within his skin. <laughs> never smile at a crocodile. Never tip your hat and stop to talk a while. Never run, walk away. Say good night, not good day. Clear the aisle and never smile at Mr. Crocodile. in your head, but there's always some special case, time or place to forget etiquette. For example, one positively must not wear a pleased expression on his countenance when confronted with that large lizard like amphibious reptile who has long jaws, armored skin, and webbed feet, and who is known as the crocodile. It has been discovered that one simply cannot cherish an amicable or trustworthy relationship with the aforementioned species. In addition, it is mandatory that one does not become irresistibly drawn into the erroneous belief that the lateral, upward extension of his lips means that you are entirely welcome. It is much more reasonable to assume that he is contemplating how you would look in a lizard suit. His? <laughs> Clear the aisle and never smile at Mr. Crocodile.
0: Hey D-Heads, when you aren't enjoying Disney On Demand, head on over to DizRadio.com and listen to our famous Lifetime of Disney player where you can while away the hours reliving Disney classics from film, television, and the parks. What are you waiting for? Keep your hands and arms inside at all times and go to DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. And have a magical day.
5: Faithful and friendly with stories to share. All through the forest they sing out in chorus, marching along as their song fills the air. Gummy bears, bouncy here and there and everywhere. High adventure that's all compare. They are the gummy bears. Magic and mystery are part of their history, along with. Is growing. They take pride in knowing they'll fight for what's right in whatever they do. me bears bouncing here and there. So
2: Only way out of here is to fly. Come on, I'll show you how. Uh-huh. Properly, you worthless dogs! Set your sights for Peter Pan. Oh. Haven't we searched the island a thousand times before? I beg your pardon, Mr. Smith. uh, um, I said that uh, searching for Pan is um, uh, 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 fun galore. (laughs) There'll be no rest until we have that boy in irons. Oh. (laughs)
13: No, Peter. I mean, Peter.
2: Ah! Oh, this is ridiculous. I can't fly. Well, of course you can't. But I can. I guess I'm just smarter than you. I highly doubt that. Braver. Right. Stronger. Oh, yeah, that's it. Well, then it must be my good looks. Well, maybe you're full of hot air. Hey. Look, anybody can do it. Pink? Yeah. All it takes is faith, Trust. And, uh, something else. Pixie dust. That's it! Okay, Tink, let her have it.
13: special guest is Blaine Weaver, a very talented man. He acts, writes, directs and more. Born in Louisiana, Blaine began acting very young and he hasn't stopped developing his talent since. Blaine's passion for theatre and acting began in the Louisiana children's theatre group, Peter Pan Players. That's where he first got to share his talent, of course. I think it's really sweet that his Peter Pan days started so early on. It was acting with Tommy Lee Jones in his first major TV movie, The Good Old Boys, that really kick-started Blaine's career. Since then he has moved on to appearances in JAG, ER, NCIS and a whole range of great TV shows. For us D-heads, we can remember Blaine's voice work in the 2002 Disney hit Return to Neverland*. Peter Pan is an awesome Disney character. Who doesn't love a magical land full of surprise and intrigue around every corner? Return to Neverland in particular is cool for me because it brings the story of Peter Pan closer to today's younger generation. It is so important to keep reinventing the classics and keep them fresh in every new generation. It's only by bringing new life to our favourite Disney films that everyone can continue to appreciate Disney's dream. So Blaine Weaver is definitely a part of continuing the Disney tradition. It's not only on the big screen that we can hear Blaine as the boy who never grows up, but since 2001 he has performed the voice in various Disney video games, like Connect Disneyland Adventures, and also across a wealth of Disney TV shows including the House of Mouse, which everyone loves of course. What I find really exciting about Blaine Weaver's talents though is the fact that he is Peter Pan across the Disney theme parks. It doesn't get more magical than that. (laughs) Since then, Blaine formed a production company. It is with his childhood friend that the production company Secret Identity Productions have become so successful. Blaine is not only a talented actor and voice artist, but also a fantastic writer and director. Like many in the Disney family, he is versatile and is always striving to achieve. The production company allows Blaine to write and direct, and even act. Their success includes films like the 2004 short Losing Lois Lane and the 2006 movie Outside Sales. And then we all know the 2009 movie Weather Girl. This was one of Blaine's directorial hits. Now, Losing Lois Lane is actually a short film, and it's fantastic to know that it received critical appraise at a variety of film festivals. So I definitely recommend hitting that one up on the internet. I can only imagine how busy and exciting life must be inside a production company, and Blaine gets to see both sides of the process. More recently, Blaine directed and starred in the 2011 film Six Month Rule, which had a limited theatrical release, and I'm fairly sure is now on DVD and Blu-ray. There are so many more films in the works as well. It must be such a wonderful life, and quite a magical one too. Interestingly enough, Blaine graduated from UCLA with a degree in English and a minor in Political Science. What an all-rounder! Acting, directing, writing and political science. Wow! That's definitely something to admire. For me, Blaine's range of talents and passions are really inspiring because not only do I love Disney but I'm also studying political science. So it's really wonderful to know that there's someone out there who is extremely successful and happy and talented all around the Disney family. So, thank you, Blaine Weaver. Without your talent and dedication, Disney would not be the same.
8: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. All of us here in the Magic Kingdom are glad to have you with us on this special day. Whether this is your first time visiting us or your 100th, we welcome you to our family of more than 500 million guests. As Roy Disney said on opening day in October 1971, may Walt Disney World bring joy and inspiration and new knowledge to all who come to this happy place, a magic kingdom where the young and young at heart of all ages can laugh and play and learn together. From all of us in the Disney family, we hope you enjoy your day here in the Magic Kingdom, the most magical place on Earth. And now, for your safety and the safety of those around you, we ask that you walk slowly and carefully to your first destination. Have a great day!
2: Could talk? Did you think about? Lost him! <laughs> Take your best shot, Captain! You're going to have to do better than that, boy! Whoa! Uh-uh-uh. Three strikes and you're out!
0: Lights. Camera. Action! It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special
1: guest! Alright all of you Disney fans, we're back once again for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And with us here as we continue to bring you the magic, the memories, and all the people behind all those films that you've loved growing up and now, we have a very special guest here with this week. We have somebody that's a writer, a director, somebody that just does a variety of different things, but you may also know him as the current voice of the iconic Peter Pan. We have Blaine Weaver with us here this week. Welcome to Disney On Demand.
7: Hi, I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having
1: me. It is our pleasure having you on. You know, it's, you know, pretty much all of our guests and all of our listeners are always asking, you know, who takes over the roles? Who does these iconic voices? And, you know, when it gets transferred on from one person to the other, and it just made us want to contact you. And, uh, you know, it just seemed fitting because Peter Pan never grows up and uh, either does his voice. (laughs)
7: <laughs> well, and to do I. So I think that fits. Uh, <laughs> at least that's what the goal I'm trying to achieve. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I guess before we touch upon all that Disney fun, uh, I guess you know your entire career. Uh, you know, kicking off. You know, you've done a variety of different things, including you know working with uh, Jason Gordon and a variety of others. I guess what got you started into this career of being a writer and actor and more uh, throughout your life.
7: Well, I tell you, I, I, grew up doing theater. Uh, ironically, I was in a theater called the Peter Pan Players back in, uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, where I grew up. Um, and one of my first shows was playing Michael in Peter Pan, uh, the, the, you know, the musical. Um, so, uh, when I moved out to Los Angeles, I moved out as an actor and I started, you know, working in that aspect. and. Uh, I actually, I went into my agent's office one day because I hadn't had an audition in about a month and I was frustrated. I went in there and I'm like, Hey, you know, I can, can I get an audition? Like it's really slow right now. And she just kind of scoured her desk and found something. She's like, here, go down the hall. They're auditioning for voiceovers for this uh, Disney movie. Um, so I just wandered in on the right day and (laughs) went back to the back and they were auditioning for Return to Neverland, uh, and they wanted me to audition for a Lost Boy because one of the Lost Boys from the original Peter Pan was uh, voiced by a grown-up. And, you know, it was kind of a big, goofy, I think it was Covey's voice from the original movie. And uh, they wanted me to do this kind of goofy voice. And uh, I just felt, I didn't feel like my voice was good for it. But I'm like, hey, I can do Peter. I, I love Peter Pan. So can I try that one? And they looked at me warily and uh, <laughs> let me audition for it. And about three months later, I got called into Disney. And that's the second time I'd ever heard of it. And then I was fear So, you know, yeah, that, that's how that kind of came about. And, uh, you know, in addition to that, the rest of my career became, you know, writing and directing and acting and, you know, trying to do that uh, Renaissance man kind of thing that uh, so many of us, you know, uh, would like to achieve. I've been really lucky.
1: Well, right. And like you said, I mean, you've done a variety of different things. You've been all over the board from King of Queens, ER. I mean, uh, a variety of different films with, uh, you know, Honey 2, Six Month Rule. I mean, just a variety of different stuff that, uh, you know, you are all over the board and it just kind of helps you, you know, you write, you direct, you have fun. Is there something that you like a little bit more than the other
7: well, you know, I, I love being able to do it all. I, I really do. And, like, I think that's... I, I know that's uh, kind of a, a dodge of the question, but that's what I like the most, is the fact that I, I, I can do all these things. You know, it's like I started writing because I didn't like the parts that uh, I was being offered, you know? So I wrote a movie called Manic uh, with another writer, and it ended up getting made. And, you know, that movie played at Sundance with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Don Cheadle, and Zoe Deschanel, all these really great actors... And then all of a sudden, I was a writer. So I was like, okay, great. Uh, so I wrote a couple of movies for hire and stuff, and I worked with a couple of directors that I didn't think were doing a great job. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to try directing. So I, I directed a, a short film, and uh, it went over really well. It was about uh, Superman getting dumped by Lois Lane and uh, <laughs> so losing Lois Lane. And uh, I played Superman in it, so I got to act in it, and I directed it, and I wrote it. And people on the Internet loved it. <laughs> So what's funny is, like, I, I always say that I don't know if I would be a director today without Peter Pan, because um, I had made uh, some money off of when Return to Neverland came out, and um, when my short did well, I ended up throwing all of that money into a feature film, which I directed and starred in, and that movie was called Outside Tales, and then that did really well in the festival circuit, and all of a sudden, I'm a director. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I like having my hands in all of them, in, in all of it, not necessarily on every project. But, um, like, for instance, I just started a movie that's a thriller called Favor that I had nothing to do with except for acting in it. And uh, now I'm going to roll into directing another movie that I may or may not act in. Um, so it's exciting. I, I, like, I like being able to pivot as, as need be.
1: Well, I mean, and it keeps you versatile too, you know, from being a voice actor, a writer, director. I guess it gives you that more well-rounded of a feeling too. So in that way, you know, when when you're just an actor in a film, you know the trials the tribulations and everything that's involved with uh, what's coming from that director end.
7: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I honestly think it's made me a better actor. Um, just just knowing what some of the uh, what some of the problems can be, you know, and uh, I, I like to t- try to you know tell my actor friend anytime something like that comes up and you know of course i can't think of any really good examples right now but you know things like um you know watching the playback after you've uh, you've shot if some directors don't like the actors to look at the playback i'm a big fan of that because sometimes you know you're just doing something that you don't feel like you're doing with your body or you know seeing it's like okay you're blinking too much right now <laughs> you know things like that that are very technical but if you just take a look you can fix it better than I can explain to you why you should fix it. You know what I mean? Um, So, like, that's a perfect example of, like, I I, I think it's made me better at my craft and, um, you know, that's, at the end of the day, that's really what it's all about. It's just, Trying to become better and better at the art that
1: we're making. Definitely, you know, and and like you said, you know, uh, you know, getting that start and you know everything making it happen with Peter Pan: Return to Neverland, which uh, I know my my children just really love as well. I guess how was it when you tackled that, uh, you know, taking over that iconic role of Peter Pan? Because Peter Pan is, uh, you know, he he's synonymous with every little boy out there, um, you know, like the princesses are for the girls.
7: I, I think so too, and like to me, like I love doing Peter Pan. Like, it is... It is so much fun for me. And, um... And I'm really proud of it, too. It's like, you know... Like I said, when I grew up, I did that theater in the thing called Peter Pan Players. And it's always been a a part, you know, that has resonated with me. And, uh... um, It's just so amazingly cool. And, like, Disney was very good to me when we were, you know, recording that. And ever since, you know, I, I still go back and do, you know... Video games and toys and the occasional, you know, commercial and whatever. And it's like, I, it's just the most fun you could possibly imagine. (laughs) As awesome as you think it is, that's exactly how awesome it is. You know, it's like (laughs) getting to yell at Captain Hook with uh, Corey Burton, who's an amazing, amazingly talented voice actor, you know, standing across from you is, uh, is, is just incredibly fulfilling. And you're an icon. You know, you're, you're Peter Pan. I was in Hollywood the other day um, and uh, just heading to dinner and I saw some friends of mine who had taken their son, their little three-year-old son, to his first movie ever and it was Peter Pan, the original Peter Pan that was playing at the uh, El Capitan across the street and we had a little talk and like I was trying to, uh, I'm like, well that's me i do that not for that movie but for all the other movies (laughs) and you know they just thought that was so cool of course the the little boy didn't understand and i didn't want to ruin the you know uh, mystique for him but my friends just got the biggest kick out of it and you know like all of my friends who have kids who sit and you know watch return to neverland over and over and over again you know it's, it's it's just really cool
1: well, I mean, and that went on to, like you said, beyond just, you know, Return to Neverland from, you know, Voices in the Parks with Mickey's Feel Her Magic and Lion King One and a Half. I mean, a variety of different ones. Now, when you go to the parks, if you have been to the parks or not, um, you know, what is that like? I mean, when now you have millions of people every day going, checking out an attraction and just hearing this, uh, you know, clip of Peter Pan, the you know, is spreading that magic in fantasy land that now is you.
7: It's, it's um It's great. I, I, literally, I went with my, uh, my mom not too long ago and, uh, you know, Disney always hooks me up, you know, it's like, alright, I call, hey, I'm Peter Pan, can I go to Disneyland? <laughs> 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 and, and they, you know, they, they set it up really nice. So, you know, I took my mom to Disneyland and, um, you, it, it's just really amazing, you know, and it's like Peter Pan is always in the parade and always represented in some way. And it's, it's like, you know, I can't help but feel some, some real pride uh, that I have a some small part in that, you know, I- iconic, you know, uh, history. And, uh, you know, I, I, I feel really lucky to have had that part and to still be doing it when, when they call me. But every time, it's the only job that I really am always very excited to participate in and, and, and just feel so uh, blessed to to be a part
1: of. Now when you do that kind of role, um, is it the kind of role where um you have to get in that mind frame when you're there? You gotta start thinking, you know, I'm this boy, I never grew up, or uh you know, I guess how is it when they approach you with a script and you're there and you're like, All right, I need to belt out these lines, uh, you know, are you are you just in the studio visualizing? Are you going in studio in your tights or who knows what?
7: <laughs> yeah, I'm tying it up. I'm wearing my tights and my little better hat. No, uh <laughs> No, it's it's it, it comes really uh, naturally for me. I, I get, you know, like I said, I'm really excited about it. So there's very little nerves or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, but I definitely, there's definitely a physicality of Peter Pan. Uh, I've had some pictures of taken, you know, publicity photos or whatever taken while we're recording. And I always look like the biggest goof. You know, I always have my hands on my hips or I'm, you know, pointing off into the distance, you know, or like, you know... Uh, yeah, jumping around like you know because Peter's always sword fighting he's always uh getting into stuff but there's lots of grunts and you know <laughs> yells but it's always fun yeah but you do have to commit to it hundred percent um we we recently did the uh, the connect um, uh, magic Kingdom game and that one was really really fun but it was you know there's so many different options for what you are going to say or what you're going to uh, could tell the player so there's lots of yelling so that was the most because there's no you can't do it halfway you got to do it 100 and that was the only day ever where i'm like wow my voice is tired i am tired <laughs> you know because peter he, he commits you know
1: well i mean and when you do a video game i mean how different is that than going in and reading some lines i mean because a video game i mean i look at it as you know there's so many times you're just here's one word, here's one word, here's one word, and they have to program all this in. I mean, uh, uh, you know, how taxing is that on on recording your vocals?
7: It can be taxing, uh, honestly. I I feel like in in reality, it's not so different than recording, um, you know, a a regular cartoon. Uh, Very seldom in the cartoon world do you get to sit across from the other actor and, you know, and do it properly. Like, uh, I was very fortunate with Return to Neverland where we had, a long process of us getting to to work with each other. But then it becomes the same thing. It just becomes one line after the other over and over and over again. Um, But the problem with video games is that there are so many scenarios. And, you know, so it it really is. You do it all day long. (laughs) And and it is taxing. And, you know, and really it's only taxing because Peter is so awesome, you know, that he doesn't, phone anything in you know everything is so important you know and and so much fun and such you know a, a big fight you know uh, so that's why it's taxing but it, it's not really so different you have to believe all of it whether you're on a video game or whether you're on a cartoon.
1: Well, I mean, and, you know, doing such an iconic character, I mean, it has to feel good, too, knowing that, well, of course, you know, you love doing the role, and that's always fun. But, you know, I'd say in the last couple of years, Peter has definitely had a huge resurgence again, and every, you know, every little boy loves it. I mean, my, my three-year-old son is obsessed with Peter Pan. He dresses like Peter Pan every day and uh, watches, you know, Peter Pan return to Neverland over and over again and loves it. And uh, I feel like there's this big resurgence in Pan. And, uh, you know, is that something that you've noticed over the last couple of years, that it just is getting more and more, uh, you know, more more boys are just really loving, you know, Peter Pan, Captain Hook, the, the adventure, and all that kind of fun?
7: Yeah, it really is. I, like, I, I feel like with Return to Neverland, which was, geez, about 11 years ago, I guess, uh, it, I, it's never dipped since then. Like, I think that it came back and there was... You know, suddenly you saw the Peter Pan costumes in the Disney store, and, you know, and since then, it, it just seems to keep rising, you know? It, it's become more of a, uh, oh geez, I keep using this word, but it, it has become more of an iconic figure for Disney than it was before, I, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's so great. It's like every single one of my friend's kids goes through a Peter Pan stage, you know? And, uh, I, I, I definitely think it's back. I think that there's something in our culture and there's something, you know, uh, more pure about Peter Pan's boyhood than perhaps, you know, some of the uh, the child, uh, the actual realities of childhood nowadays. And I think it's really comforting, you know? It's like there's something about Peter that's still from the 50s, you know? He's, he's still um, innocent and fun-loving and, you know, ready to get muddy and uh, <laughs> have a good sword fight, and I, I think everybody can relate to that, no matter how old you are.
1: Definitely. Now, you know, I guess, you know, like you said, he has that bit of nostalgia, that bit of feel to him, at the same time being of today. Now, that's going to lead me to a question that's not about Peter, but uh, alright, with Tinkerbell talking now, with all the Tinkerbell movies, do you prefer Tinkerbell just being a, a little chime and a bell, or Tinkerbell actually speaking?
7: You know, I, I feel like there's a new, uh, I think Tinkerbell has also had a resurgence with little girls, and I think that's interesting. Like, she's always been something, you know, on, on backpacks and whatnot, but uh, now I feel like I see more little girls dressed like Tinkerbell, and, you know, I don't begrudge that at all. I think <laughs> I, I think it's a nice a, a neat little alternative to the classic princess, you know, because uh, Tinkerbell's got a bit of an attitude, and uh, <laughs> you know, she's she stands up for herself, and you know, I, I love that. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'd like a scenario where Peter Pan and Pink really had a long conversation, but uh, you know, in this kind of alternative world where it's is her life, if the kids are liking it, I I support it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's a that's a good political answer. So. <laughs> um you know and uh i guess getting back to you know a variety of different things of course you know aside from just peter pan i'm sure we'll hit upon some more fun uh with the disney aspects of it but you know you mentioned you have a lot of things in the works now and you're working on a variety of different things um you know what is some current projects that you're working on you know today and you know upcoming projects that we can possibly you know hear you see you maybe you know uh you know find out something you've written or whatnot
7: yeah, well, uh, recently uh, I finished a film called Six Month Rule, which is, a you know, very grown up, not for the little kids, but it's a, you know, it's a romantic relationship comedy, um, and it's available on iTunes and Video On Demand, and it's coming out on Blu-ray and uh, DVD uh, in May, so that's really exciting. You know, I, I wrote and directed and star in that film with actors like Martin Starr and uh, Natalie Morales and uh, Dave Foley. It's a, it, Jamie Presley it's a really great cast and uh, we did a bunch of film festivals and then did a Tim City theatrical release and now it's out there on the web which is really cool and then Blu-ray so I'm really excited about that and then I have uh, a movie called Favor which is coming out hitting the festival circuit in the next month or so and again not for the kiddies but uh, a, a thriller you know uh, intense movie that I star in so that's exciting uh, but, you know, it's like we were talking about earlier, you know, that you're doing lots and lots of different things. It's like, I love the idea that I'll have two movies out at the same time and one is a romantic comedy and one is a thriller. <laughs> That's just awesome to me.
1: Well, I mean, it's covering both ends of the spectrum. I mean, I'm a fan of thrillers anyway. So I think, uh, you know, having both out it's also going to, you know, help people just write, you know, people who are fans of yours, people who like it. They're going to be like, all right, I can watch him now. All right, I can get some more of him. You know, it doesn't it doesn't hurt you in any means.
7: Exactly, exactly. And, you know, it's it's the nature of the art. I don't want to make the same thing every single time. I don't want to, you know, I, I want to, you know, have a uh, expansive body of work. And that's, you know, that's what I'm working on all the time. You know, if, if people are interested in keeping up with what's happening, you know, I can be followed on Twitter at, at Blaine Weaver. So uh, that's a good way. And also there's a Facebook page and all that jazz, you know.
1: Definitely. I mean, well, I mean, that's always the way people always stay connected and we'll link up to all that on our website as well. So, you know, it's good to find out that you have so many different things in the works and all that kind of fun. Um, You know, we don't want to keep you too long from your busy schedule, of course, but, uh, you know, in, uh, I guess, in keeping with the tradition and keeping with uh, Peter Pan and Disney and all those kinds of fun things, um, do you have anything on the horizon for Disney that you can let us in on? I know a lot of times I got to keep that under wraps pretty tight, but is there anything you can hint to?
7: You know what? They keep me as much in the dark as they do you guys. I <laughs> I tend to be one of the last phone calls. of just like, "Hey, you free? Yes, I am. I will be there." So I, I don't have any uh, secret information for you, but uh, I would definitely keep an eye out for Peter Pan. He doesn't he doesn't stay in the shadows for too long.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I want to thank you once again for stopping in, chatting with us. You know, uh, you know, taking some time to talk with all the fans out there. And you know, uh, you know, I guess if anything, it's always fun to be part of uh, that iconic character that is definitely part of Disney lore. That's going to be on, you know, 50 years from now. I, you know, kids are going to be passing it on down, down a generation. And I'm sure at some point, um, you know, you're going to be influencing a variety of different kids.
7: Oh, thank you. I, I, I really hope so. In my uh, neighborhood in Hollywood I walk down and the uh, the star of the original uh Peter Pan is right there near my house so it's like it's always like a reminder of like you know what what I'm doing is uh, with this character is bigger than me it's it's it there's a legacy to it and uh, you know it's a it's a real privilege to be a part of that.
1: Well, I mean, that's that's the kind of shot we need. We need to have a photo of you next to that star. That's what you need.
7: Yeah, there you go. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll put it on the website. I like it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you once again for stopping in. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to, uh, you know, hearing your voice some more and checking out your films.
7: All right, cool. Thanks very much.
3: child now I can take care of myself I mustn't let them down now mustn't let them see me cry I'm fine I'm fine I'm too tired to listen I'm too old to believe All these childish stories There is no such thing as faith And trust And pixie dust I try But it's so hard Watch the sea.
6: I'm the voice of Boogie Boogie, and I want you to know you're listening to Disney On Demand.
9: Oh, my siestas are getting shorter and shorter.
12: Required voice identification. EC82. Confirmed.
9: Ahoy, mateys, and welcome once again to The Vault. It's me, Jason, and I'm glad you were able to join us once again as we pull out a great feature to discover. Kind of going into a pirate motif, not because we're going to be doing the second Pirates film, but I just heard that Blaine Weaver made it here to the Disney On Demand Studios. I can't believe it. Peter Pan himself has made it. Okay, well, maybe not exactly Peter Pan, but in my mind, he can be Peter Pan, because let's face it, No boy or girl, for that matter, has not wanted to meet Peter Pan. I mean, some of us still have a Peter Pan complex, but that's okay, because that's the joy about Peter Pan. His imaginative spirit, the idea that nothing ever grows old, and for the fact that everything is an adventure. And quite frankly, everything is. Don your eye patches and hoist the Jolly Roger as we go into 2002's release of Return to Neverland. Some time has passed since the original Peter Pan. It's actually 1942 and World War II is at its height. The Blitz is happening in London and Wendy has two children, a son Danny and a daughter Jane. In order to keep their spirits high and for them to forget that the war is going on, Wendy tells stories of Peter and the Lost Boys and all the joy that Neverland brings. But it seems a certain someone, Jane, the practical one of the family, no longer believes in pirates and fairy tales. That is, until the night Hook returns. Because Hook is from Neverland, time makes no sense. He goes into the Darling home thinking he's taking Wendy, but is indeed taking Jane, and believes that if he takes Jane, it will be great bait to lure Peter. Returning to Neverland, Hook drops Jane into the Beast's lair, a giant octopus to replace the croc. Hook's hope that the beast will devour not only this new Wendy but also Peter and Tinkerbell all at the same time. Instead, in true Peter fashion, Peter rescues Jane, places Hook within the grasps of the octopus and goes off to the Lost Boys. Smee, of course, being the ever faithful servant, frees P- Hook from his own dastardly plan. Realizing Jane's not Wendy, Peter just automatically assumes that Jane will take over the role of Wendy and be as adventuresome as she was, but also he believes she would be the mother of the Lost Boys, just as her mother was. Jane wants no part of any of it and just wants to go home. Everyone in the treehouse wants her to be the same as Wendy, to have her have the same adventures, to have her have the same fun. They even have her try to fly, but because she doesn't believe none of it happens. Tired of all of their juvenile fun, Jane angrily tells everyone she doesn't believe in pirates, fairies, or anything. It is then a small light begins to dim, and Peter tells the Lost Boys that if Jane doesn't believe, Tink's light will go out. Their main mission now? To make her believe. On her own and trying to find a way home, Jane is approached once again by Hook, who tricks her into a deal. He promises to take her home only if she helps him find a treasure. Thinking there's no other way, Jane believes him and accepts the proposal. He gives her a whistle that will allow her to let him know when she finds it. Still on a hunt of their own, the Lost Boys frantically search for Jane and eventually Peter finds her. Playing up to their game and knowing that she can get home by finding this treasure, she suggests that, uh, that Peter and the Lost Boys play a treasure hunt, up for any challenge they accept, and they all begin to have fun, including Jane. After all of the fun they have, the treasure is found. Jane looks to the whistle which Hook gave to her. Having a slight change of heart and understanding the true meaning of fun, she tosses it aside and decides not to help Hook. Also, because of this change of heart, Peter and the Lost Boys decide that Jane should be their first lost girl, and they celebrate. However, it's during this celebration that one of the Lost Boys finds the whistle that was to signal Hook, and out of fun decides to blow it. In true Hook fashion, he arrives, captures the Lost Boys, but lets Jane go only because she helped him. Upon hearing this, Pan believes that she's a traitor. Jane vehemently denies it, that she never wanted to help Hook at all. Peter then tells her that it is because Jane does not believe in fairies, Tinkerbell will die. In disbelief, scared, and angered, Jane returns to the lost boy's home. But unfortunately, it's a bit too late. For once, the practical Jane realizes that it is her fault that Tinkerbell is no longer with us. It's in her tears and her newfound belief of fun that revives Tinkerbell in the last seconds of life. She tells Tink of what's happened to Peter, and they rush off to the Jolly Roger. In true typical Hook fashion, Peter and the Lost Boys are tied and ready to walk the plank. And now with Jane's newfound belief, she can fly, unties Peter, and saves the Lost Boys. What would Neverland be without its true nemesis? No, not Hook. Of course our friend the Beast. The giant octopus has been around all along. This time, rather than the crocodile destroying the Jolly Roger, This time it is sunk by the beast, leaving Hook and the pirates fend for themselves in a rowboat as the octopus pursues them. One thing can always be said about Peter. Peter knows when it's time to have fun and when it's time to be serious. And he soon realizes that even though Jane's having a great time, she does need to return to Wendy and Danny. So through his direction and her knowledge of flight, Jane returns home. Jane rushes to Danny telling him that pirates and fairies do exist and that she's sorry for ever saying anything different. The bittersweet moment is when Peter meets with Wendy again. Peter's a bit disappointed that Wendy has decided to grow up, but Wendy does tell him that not everything has changed and she may have physically grown up, but inside she holds the kid within her. Peter and Tink turn around and are ready to return to Neverland. However, we notice that Edward returns home Peter and Tink watch from afar, smile, wink, nod, and head off to the second star on the right. As you can see, Return to Neverland is just as entertaining and enjoyable as the original. Will it ever replace the original? No. But can it stand up against it? Absolutely. So you want to have some faith, trust, pixie dust, and a double feature? What a great way to do so. Both are out on Blu-ray right now. What are you going to receive if you decide to throw your own pirate party? Well, you'll receive Lost Treasures, which of course are some of the deleted scenes from the film. Rescue the Lost Boys Adventure Game, again another DVD-ROM DVD type game. Disney Storytime, Neverland's New Hero, explaining Jane and her newfound ways. I'll Try, a music video performed by Jonathan Brooks. Hook's Song, I'll Give You One Guess second start of the right lullaby and a gift for Ting so as you can see it's a little bit more packed for a Disney sequel however it still makes for a lot of fun well the popcorn's empty and the curtains coming down so it can only mean one thing unfortunately it's time to pack up our pirate gear and head back to reality and say goodbye to you and all my company but fear not we Lost Boys and Lost Girls can always come back to the vault and find an old favorite or a new classic at any time. It's hard to believe that it was almost 50 years before Peter ever had a new story. And it's a good thing we did because it makes a great bookend from the original. So I'm gonna go down to the vault, pack this away, and look forward to finding out who we'll have next joining us on Disney On Demand that will bring out another fine Disney classic for us to review here from the vault. So until next time, remember gang, the magic of Disney movies is always inside of you.
12: Ha! We'll go and get her!
3: (laughs) You're not Wendy! Who are you? I'm her daughter, Jane!
2: Peter Pan? (laughs) Tinkerbell?
11: The only way out of here is to fly.
1: All of you D heads, you couldn't get rid of me that fast. I had to give you my parting words. And it was a fun show here this week. Not only was love in the air, we got to head out to Neverland and, you know, relive many fun memories that all of us have. I grew up watching Peter Pan and loved those films. And now my sons, they love Peter Pan as well. I mean, you know, they are in the top characters that they love. My youngest always dresses up as Peter Pan. You've heard me say it here on the show before. I've even posted it on blogs that I've mentioned here at the show. You know, it was an honor having Blaine Weaver here at the show. If you want to get all the information about Blaine, his current project and more. You can also find them all over the web on Facebook, Twitter, and more. And you can find those links all over our website at disradio.com. Thank you once again, Blaine, for stopping in and adding that little bit of Disney magic to the show here this week. I'd also like to thank the D team. Yes, Jamie, Jason, and Lexi once again for stopping in with your signature segments. Adding that something special for all the D heads out there so they don't have to hear me ramble. Without you, there would be no Disney on demand. Thank you once again for being part of our team. And thank all of you, the D heads. Yes, all of you for taking... Tuning in every single week. You are the reason why we do this show. We want to spread the magic, the memories, and more from your lifetime of Disney. Because where does Disney first happen? Yes, we all love the parks, but where does it first happen? Where does it first get uncovered? in our living rooms, watching Mickey Mouse, animated features, and more, and living the music. Thank all of you for tuning in every single week. Now, as always, I'm going to give you all the different ways that you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com. That's D-I-Z-Radio.com. There you can find our full list of archives, past shows, our current news blog, and more, where you can get all the latest of all the current news within the Disney company and our entire backlog of archived shows where you can download them right there on the spot. In addition, you can also find all of our social media networks and our famous Lifetime of Disney player, where you can listen to over 300-plus television specials, grand openings, TV shows, animated features, and more right there in our Flash player found on the website at dizradio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. Com. Now, you can also find us all over the web, including Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can also friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blue, and that's B-L-U. You can find us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Disney Blue, Instagram, AOL Instant Messenger, and more. Just search. You guessed it. Disney Blue. And you can find all this information, including our Magical Memories hotline, where you can call in and even hear yourself here on the show right there on the website. So definitely check us out, friend us, and more, and get connected with us throughout the entire week. So all of you D-Heads, thank you all once again for tuning in. It truly was fun. And, you know, coming up for show number 33, we have some fun on the horizon. So get ready for that. So until next week, all of you D-Heads, have some faith, trust, pixie dust, and as I always say, never neglect family for business. I need to get out of here and hit up Disney on Ice with the children tonight. So, take it easy, all you D heads.
2: Huh? <gasps> Wendy? Hello, Peter. You changed. Not really. Not ever. <gasps> Hello, Tinkerbell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Madam. <laughs>
2: Goodbye, Wendy. Goodbye, Peter. Hey, well, hey.